Good morning. So we as a community, what are we as a community? We want to have, be a community known for God's love, seeking relationships that are real transparent as brothers and sisters in his family. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask you to be transparent. Is that all right? How much money? No. Um, Aaron got that. How many of us are, are struggling at the minute? Having any hassle? wee bit of difficulty? Things going on that are just a wee bit over and above what you would normally? Anybody else? Some of you are emphatic in the back row. Thank you very much. Um, so what I want to say is it seems that what is happening is we're experiencing a little bit of attack, which actually perversely, if you look at it from a different angle, is very encouraging because hell's on a budget and doesn't waste its resources. But the other side of it is, uh, do you have your armor on now? If you don't, why on earth do you not? What we need to be doing in this season is tightening everything on. So we want to be polishing up our shields, making sure our swords are sharp. We want our belts really tight. We want our hearts protected. We want our minds protected. So just to flag that up, there is um, comfort in the fact that lots of us are experiencing this. You're not on your own, okay? But we just want to be wise about that as well. Okay, so will you please commit to be aware of your thoughts, be aware of the hassle and the stuff that's going on in your life. And as Andrew was saying last week, what is it? The white line on the road is trust. The white line on the road of destiny is trust. I can't do it the way he does in such a fluid movement. Hillary could do it even better. Okay, so we just want to be aware that this is happening. It's a season that will pass. Everything's all right. God's still on his throne. And if you trust him, you'll be grand. If your soul gets a whiff of it, you're probably toast. It's awful. It's all going to go be tongue. It's never going to get any better. And it's just the way it is forever. How's that working for you? Let's go with that. Let's trust God. Okay, so Julie noted, let's be on that. Let's be praying. Let's be asking God for protection. And read 91 for Psalm 91 for encouragement. He said that a thousand may fall at your side, but you will be able to stand. And he has ordered unordained angels to protect us, to stop us from thumping our feet on things and, and uh, getting ourselves taken out. So we've got help. We just need to access it. Okay. So I have had two weeks off from delivering a message. You hope that I haven't completely forgotten how to do it. This week we are looking at filtering your thoughts, but I do want to really expand on something that Andrew touched on last week. But I want to give a bit of a recap. And I think that for all of us, we are 10 months in. Isn't that incredible? Um, 10 months in, probably this series on Mind Matters has been the most uh, influential, difficult, bringing some light to situations just it's where we're at can anybody else agree with that it just seems to be really spot on for where we are so i want to go through what i've gone through before so we've wanted to explore matters of the mind and communicate the importance of our mind and what we think and again i've always said this that i'm confident that you're going to experience benefit if you choose to apply this and from speaking to a lot of you who have applied it you're going my goodness i didn't realize i did that or i had this circumstance and i chose to respond this way and hold that thought and i was actually different so good on you for that so let's keep going what we think about god about ourselves about each other is of the highest importance and theory is so very important but unless theory leads to application it is completely useless so we've discovered the truth of Proverbs 23.7, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And we've looked into a great detail that not all of the thoughts that we have are ours. Have we all settled that one? Are we all content that our thoughts are not just who we are and we're all a complete mess and it's all over the place? We do have outside influence and the enemy throws thoughts in there. And thankfully, the Holy Spirit is um, uh, 
deposit and revelation to us as well, which we receive in our spirits and then uh, process. We are not a victim to our thoughts. And as 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we are to hold every thought captive and lead it away in obedience to Jesus Christ. And it's like having the five-point note. We're going to expand on this again later on in this message. It's like getting the, the note. We hold it up to the light. If it stands the test of the sunlight, then we go, okay, we're going to accept that. If it doesn't, we get shot of it. We are the tree and not the ivy. We are not defined, nor are we limited by the struggles that we have. And that is great news for me. I don't know about you. But I am not defined by the things that I get wrong repeatedly or habitually or the issues that I have. I'm defined by the fact of who God says I am. And the incorrect equation that most of us has lived by is thought plus feeling equals reality. That is not how we have to live. And the truth of our destiny lies beyond our strongholds. I was talking to someone in work this week and we were just talking about where they're at and change of career and all those sorts of things. Um, and I said to the individual, what are you passionate about? And I said, I'm really passionate about teaching. I would love to teach. And I said, well, you'd be absolutely brilliant at that. And I said, did you ever think about that? And they said, well, actually, I had a place in university. I said, why didn't you take your place? Well, was just, I was just too afraid that I was never, you know, I was just going to fail at it. Our strongholds tell us to back off, sit down, and shut up. Because our destiny lies beyond that which we fear. So I'm just very gently going, you would be amazing at that. Sure, go on, you could do it. Just very gently, come on, you can do this, come on. Come on, come on, you can do it. So our destiny lies beyond our strongholds. And then last week, Andrew talked about trust. That trust God and the mind doesn't matter. Um, And what I really want to pull out of what Andrew said was he started to talk about the the difference between the soul and the spirit. How many of you are, are familiar with teaching about that? about separating our soul and our spirit. Some of us? Okay. So let me read this. This is about getting separated to get connected. Like everything that God does, it's a bit of an oxymoron. You've got, okay, you want to be first, then be last. You want to be elevated, then get yourself humbled. You want to find life, die to yourself. It's just the way that he does things. So we want to get separated to get connected. So this is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly and your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our whole spirit, soul and body be preserved and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not that one has more importance than the other. God wants to restore and redeem all three, but they must take their correct place. So we are three-part beings, triune beings, that have three parts. So our body has blood, flesh, and bone. Our soul has mind, will, and emotions. And our spirit has wisdom, communion, and conscience. The communion bit is where we connect with God, spirit to spirit. Now, I know that some of you have heard this before, but hopefully you'll find benefit in it. So we must divide it. We must let the word of God, who is Jesus Christ, who is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, we must let him pierce us as far as the division of our soul and our spirit, joints and marrow, to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Really, do I have to do this? It sounds like a lot of pain. Well, it can be, but also the fruit of it's tremendous. So if we can just embrace the difficulty. I had to do one of those conversations in work this week where I had to get two people together and get them to talk because there was a few problems. And one of them sat down and said, this is really awkward. And I went, of course it is. And they're like, right. 
said, so let's just get on with this then. Oh, okay. So there's part of this that is, really? Is this another thing where I've got to divide? Oh, is this another thing we're going to have to deal with? Yes, it is. But actually, if we follow this through and if we go on this journey, then we'll find real benefit. So you let Jesus Christ pierce you. Let him pierce you. So that he divides your soul and your spirit. It is better to fall on the rock than have the rock fall on you. Everybody's going, (laughs) why do I keep coming to this church? It's a good question to ask. Fasting helps this process. I really don't like to fast. I'm not one of these, uh, do you know, I fast all the time and it's just wonderful and it brings me closer to Jesus and it's just wonderful. You should try giving up food for a day. I detest fasting. There is nothing about fasting that I enjoy apart from the benefit of fasting. And like all of these disciplines, they are self-validating. So I could tell you about fasting till kingdom come, see what it did there. Uh, But really, you're not going to experience or know the benefit of it until you actually do it. So when I fast, Jesus said, Matthew 6, 16, when you fast. It wasn't a, if you'd like to take this as an option, if this is your particular domination, your particular bent of the church, if you'd like to fast, that'd be wonderful. He's making the assumption that we are going to fast. So you go, oh, what, I'm going to do this now? Yes, you do. When you fast, not if. I just realized that I quoted a verse and then had nowhere to go with it. So basically, Jesus said, when you fast, full stop. Okay, it's not about not about if. Fasting is about giving up something to go after God. Typically, it's about food. It can be about giving up your favorite soap. I don't have any time to spend with Jesus. What about if you gave up Coronation Street? I'm never giving up Coronation Street. It's really special to me. I've watched it for 43 years. Well, we want to prioritize the kingdom. So if there's something that you could maybe give up to spend time with Jesus, then that might be a good idea to do that. Typically, it's about food. can be about, as I said, a program. can be a device. can be about a meal. can be about a drink. can be about something. Ask the Holy Spirit to point to something, and he will find it for you. What I do want to say is that I have enjoyed food much more when I have fasted. It's kind of bizarre. My uh, appreciation and taste buds seem to be like hypersensitive. And it's just amazing that first bite after you fast. And I find on the days that I do that people come to me and offer me free meals uh, with some birthday cake just set inside for you. Colin, there's some muffins over there. What about this? I'd like to give you this. And I'm thinking this is just ridiculous. The last time that I was doing it, my boss had bought me a sausage roll and just said, uh, and then the awkward thing of, well, why, why don't you bring that upstairs? It's fine. Come on, you can enjoy it. You have to do that. It gets to the point where you have to go, look, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but I'm just not eating today. Well, what? why are you not eating? What's this all about? And you just think, explain this but as we fast there are benefits as well so I find that I am physically hungry of course my body is physically hungry when I'm fasting for food my emotions are down and they're saddened and also I am frustrated and I am cross because I think why on earth do I have to do this why does it have to be that person's birthday when there's this most amazing cake that has been prepared why are people offering to buy me food today this is just wrong and then the thought pops in God wouldn't want you to feel this way God loves you he's very good he wouldn't want you to have to give up something unfortunately I'm a little too far down the road now to really embrace that thought there are times that he really wants us to choose him over the things that are sweet in this world can anybody else say an amen to that one so my mind's going crazy you're hungry you're eat who does this would God really want you to feel this way my will is just going just eat just make a decision to eat 
I have to beat my will down and go, no, you're here to serve me in not eating today. You're not going to follow what my soul wants to do, what my body wants to do. And my spirit, well, my spirit is kind of that guy who's in the party going, just having a great old time. It's connecting to God. It's just having a blast. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not bread alone. It doesn't mean that we have to fast all the time. We do need physical food, of course. But we also need to eat what God is giving. And we need to remember that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when I fast, it becomes really obvious to me the three parts of my body. My body's hungry, my soul is going nuts, it's slightly depressed at the fact that it can't eat, and my will just wants to engage itself so that I can uh, do what my, my, um, my, the rest of my soul and my body wants to do. So we need to be able to learn to discern our soul and our spirit. And I want to give you a couple of examples. This Saturday morning, this is not a big deal. I'm deliberately not giving you these fantastical stories because I want you to be able to connect on it, to it on a personal level. And God is absolutely involved in the massive things. But what I've learned about him, and he's really aware of the sparrow that falls. He numbers the hairs on our head. He counts the tears that we have. And he's aware of the little stuff that's going on in our lives. So this Saturday morning, most Saturday mornings, I'm going out to work. And Saturday morning in our house is relaxed. You know, not, nobody's flying out to school. Claire's not getting ready for work. I'm not beating the clock and trying to get everything together. We're not in a rush. Saturday mornings, I take it easy. And uh, it was about 8 o'clock. I thought, I better go and get ready for work. And my soul was just going, this is just 30. I said, oh, I've been working Saturdays for years. I can't be bothered with this. Why do I have to work on a Saturday? This is just ridiculous. I want to be with my family. We're doing all of this. this what, what, like, this is just ridiculous. And then the thought came to me, what's your spirit saying? My spirit was going, just get on with it. This is ordained. You're supposed to be doing this. Just get on with it. And the minute that I did that, my soul just shut up. When I uh, had a business before, um, there was a bit of a difficult situation that came up. And um, the individual that I was talking to was really, really, uh, really accusing me that I deceived him. Really, and I, I don't tend to shy away from the circumstances, don't like them, but who does? Who likes confrontation? But the individual was saying, look, you did this, you were doing this because you, you, you have your own agenda here. And I kept saying, no, this is why I did this. And they kept hauling out more. You know when people go, all right, you believe this? Well, here's something else you did and throwing it down. And here's something else you did. And as they say that, they're getting more passionate. And here's something else that you did, and I know that that's what you're about. And inside, in my spirit, I've started to know what, what you know, people say, oh, I need that in my spirit. And I'm thinking, what does that actually mean? Well, there was this bit inside me that was just standing there immovably, a bit like a rock, going, this doesn't seem right. This just doesn't seem, this doesn't, doesn't feel like we found the truth. John 8, 32 says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All that was being said was just kind of, binding up and restricting and I, and I knew this person really well so I said um, did somebody really deceive you in the past did somebody really try to screw you over and mess you up bingo starts to really really cry starts to say yeah that happened to me and, and I said I am so sorry that that's what happened to you 
but I'm not going to do that to you. That's not going to happen. Now, if I had just sat there in my soul, I probably would have gone, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Actually, I can see from your viewpoint. Have you ever been in that place? You haven't done anything wrong, but as somebody brings the evidence, fear, false evidence appearing real, somebody brings the evidence along and says, this is who you are, this is what you did, you start to actually go, you know, well, what if this maybe is true? Maybe, that well, this person's upset with me. Maybe the first thing is I should apologize to them. Well, I'm really, really sorry. I, I guess I didn't know what I was doing, and I can see your point, and I guess it's really, really wrong. And they go, uh-huh, you see? I knew that. That was true. And what happens? I start to believe that I'm the ivy, that I'm actually not. That person starts to have the stronghold that they have in their lives even more solidified, and it becomes even more strong. Or we get to choose and go, what is going on in my spirit as I connect to the Holy Spirit? And what it was was, no, this isn't real. You need to refute this gently. I didn't turn around and go, in the name of Jesus, I, dis- I disregard the, 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 the slide and the curse that you place upon me this day. I just said, no, no, I, I don't think that that's true. So do you want to tell me what's going on? And then during the week, uh, you remember I told you about the guy, the awesome oar. Um, he was serving somebody and uh, they had tried to pay for something and it came up that it, the card was declined and this young lady was adamant, absolutely adamant that uh, she had paid. So she grabbed her products and was about to walk off. And I'm the one who has to deal with this on that day and I know that the eyes of everybody is on me because she's starting to shout and I know that my colleagues are looking at me going, what's he going to do? And everybody else is going, oh, what's happening here? In fact, one of my colleagues afterwards said, this was the most amazing day I have ever had. And I thought, my goodness, this is like TV. So anyway, I said, excuse me? Excuse me. I said, you, you can't take your products. I said, are you choosing to ignore me? As she starts to shout at her friends over there. And I started to, to shake a little bit. And what I've come to know is that often when there's a physical reaction, like a, a, a bit of a, a trembling going on, Typically, it's not just about the soul that you're dealing with and somebody else. You're likely dealing with something spiritual that's going on. So at that point, I know, ding, ding, I need to deal with this slightly differently. So this is the joy of work. We go, <clears throat> I'm called Romeo in work, sad but true. Wherefore art thou? Uh, Romeo to security one, could we request your presence in work? And the jolly green Jan walks up, and he's such a gentleman. He says, is everything okay here? At this point, I'm like, <clears throat> here we go. And I said, um, so the teachers come in and we have a conversation. And I said, look, uh, this is what's happened. And I said, and actually at this point, we're not willing to serve this individual anymore. So actually what she was going to buy, we're not going to sort. And if there's an issue of payment, we'll sort all of that out. Um, And she threw the stuff back at me and told me to go on (coughs) myself. Um, And I walked off. Now, at one point I was standing and the trembling thing was happening. And I just went, Holy Spirit, I really need you right now. It was all okay. The guy who watches me in all of those circumstances, he always goes, how did you do that? I went, you're not getting this. I said, in my flesh, I cannot do this. I said, at the point that you see me, you're going, how does he do this? I said, it's not me. I said, it's Jesus. He's going like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. He said, why do they always come to you? I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I just need to get good at these circumstances. But because I connected in my spirit, and as one of the big managers in work said to me afterwards, well, are you, do you need counselling after that or something? And I said, no, no, we're grand. As he was doing the joke with the jive, would have been a laugh if I said, actually, I really do. <laughs> it's all okay. It's all all right. It's only okay and all right because I acted out of my spirit. 
Now look, I don't get it right all the time at all, neither do you. But what we can learn to do is go, okay, what's happening in my soul? Well, actually, with that trembling thing, I know that that's a trigger that there's something spiritual that I'm dealing with. So I then go, okay, let's deal with this spiritually. Connect to the spirit, and off we go. Rather than, I'm just going to act out of the place of my soul. Okay, have we got that? Examples helpful? You want to find ones in your own life. Okay, so there's something kicking off inside. Your emotions are going nuts. Your mind's going crazy. Okay, that's your soul. Ask the question. Holy Spirit, will you help me to discern what's going on in my spirit right now? And then move out of that place. So, imagine that you have a top-of-the-range rally car. All right? I was going to say Aura Mariva. And you have a five-year-old child. And you have a world champion rally driver. Put the child in the driver's seat and tell me how that goes. It won't move, or will the engine's run? And it can reach the pedals. Crash and burn. Multiple injuries. Death. Total and utter annihilation. And the truth is that most of us are doing that in our lives. And if you're not in agreement that your body is the top of the range anything, well, you need to read Psalm 139. The soul was never, ever, ever, ever meant to be the driver. The spirit, as in the the world-class championship rally driver, that's the one who's meant to be driving the car with the Holy Spirit as the navigator in the side. And the car is just the vehicle to get there. When most of us go, let's get the soul as the five-year-old to direct where we're going. And then we wonder why we're hitting the wall again. Why does this keep happening to me? Well, in short, objectively, the answer is that you're letting your soul lead you. The soul is not bad at all. When we talk about the the spirit should be the leader, often I think what I do is go, well, then the soul must be bad. Well, in that verse in Thessalonians, uh, the spirit is communicating that he wants to redeem the whole thing, but it's got to be in order. Most of us live with the soul in charge, then the body, then the spirit. Where we're meant to live is the spirit is in charge, connected to the Holy Spirit, who then leads the mind, the will, and the emotions, the soul, who then leads the body. It's the way that it's meant to be. The spirit also is a rally driver. So you've got to hold on, and once your soul stops screaming, then you're going to start to enjoy the journey. Because the Holy Spirit will go take a sharp right here. And you're going, ah, what's going on? Ah, we're going to hit the wall. We're going to hit the It didn't hit the wall. It's actually okay. Flip, I didn't realize that this car can actually fly. And it goes over water. This is absolutely amazing. And that point your soul goes, this is good. I like this. But if you yield to your soul at that moment where the Holy Spirit goes hard right. And the Spirit takes it hard right. Your soul will jump from the back seat. Throw itself on the steering wheel. And hit the brakes. You're all staring at me. Tell me, you've had this experience, haven't you? The way that most of us live is we get revelation from the Holy Spirit and then we subject it to our soul. So Holy Spirit says, go and do this. And our soul goes, nah, no. Judging from past experience and the experience of others, with also some feeling in there, that's reality. Therefore, that ain't happening. We've all been there, haven't we? God's asked you to do something. And we don't do it because our understanding says, no, that's not going to work out. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. This is a nice song for the soul. Psalm 131. It's called Simple Trust in the Lord. 
Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. The soul just needs to find its place. A five-year-old child should never be able to drive a rally car. Never. It's never going to be all right. We have to get the right parts and the right places doing the right things. And we want to get to know each other by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.16 So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. We don't get to know each other by the soul or by their ivy. I'm dealing with a lot of that. Well, that person does that, therefore they are this, and I'll never be able to trust them. How's that working for you? Or we can get to know them by the Spirit. Then we can hold them accountable to that, which is simply calling them up to who they are rather than calling them on their stuff. Then we prophesy to them who they really are. What do you think I was doing with that individual at work? I could see that you would be really good at that. Why don't you, why don't you knock on that door again? I'm not doing that because I think that's a good idea. I'm doing that because my spirit is connected to the spirit. And when she says, teacher, I'm going, this is on like Donkey Kong, if she would actually step on the journey. But her soul's going, no, I'm going to fail on this. Whereas her spirit is going, well, you know, I would really love to do that. I'm passionate about that. The world does not need somebody who hates what they do. The world needs to be filled and populated with people who are passionate about what God has called them to do. The spirit sees beyond the manifestation of the body and the soul. And we've got to do the same, particularly in our community. We want to know each other's stuff, understand each other's stuff, but we want to call each other to be the tree, not the ivy that is camouflaging them from the front. The soul is not bad. It is a great follower, but it is a terrible leader. The soul is a great limiter, and we have got to choose not to let it limit us. And Jesus promised that the soul would be restored as it follows the Spirit. Psalm 23.3 He restores my soul as we go after him. God created all of them. He doesn't want the soul and the body to be disregarded, but he wants them to be embraced in their proper place. Mary declared in Luke 1, 46-47 My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Magnifies in the Greek is magaluno, which means to declare great. Rejoices, which is agalio, means to jump or to leap because of experiential joy. Your, your soul is designed to, be, to communicate what your spirit is experiencing. And our souls are the megaphone. They should not be the one speaking into it. When really most of the time when we yell and shout, we're communicating what our soul is saying. Like when I just lose it and get, it's my soul. It's not my spirit. Our souls are designed to communicate what our spirit is experiencing. And C.S. Lewis said this, God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel of our spirits. Or he is the fuel that our, our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other way. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. We are designed to run on him, 
The soul looks for provision before it moves. The spirit moves out on faith in the one who provides. The soul searches for certainty when the spirit trusts the one who is certain. Let me say those two things again. The soul looks for provision before it moves. The spirit moves out on faith in the one who provides. The soul searches for certainty when the spirit trusts the one who is certain. I've said that far too quickly and I forgot to lift my other hand. Basically, when we live from our soul, we're not going to get there. When we live from our spirit, our soul, our minds, our wills and our emotions will be healthy, as will be our body, and we will be much more whole, integrous and complete as we go after him. We divide to bring unity. We separate to bring connection. And as I said at the start, everything in this kingdom is topsy-turvy. So we want to bring a division to our soul and to our spirits. Can I get you to stand with me? Nathan, could I get you and the guys up? Today I was going to start to talk about this uh, putting the filter in our minds. And it's clear that we're just going to put that off until next week. But what's clear this week is that the Holy Spirit... Um, this where uh, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, as it says in Corinthians 3:17. And we need to bring division to our souls and our spirits by the Word of God, and Jesus is the Word of God. Okay. So I've got some questions, as always, to help you to con- to consider a response here. And what I would say this morning is, just come forwards. My sense is that for the ministry team, that they are going to be bringing the sword of the Spirit this morning. Now you can recoil away from that and go, oh, I don't want to be divided, I don't want to do this. But what I would encourage you is, you really do. As you do this, as you let the Holy Spirit come in and bring this light into who you are, you will find wholeness like you've never found it before. So some questions for you. So have you lived your life in submission to your soul? As I'm talking this morning, are you going, yeah, I re- that, that's really how I do it. I get revelation from God, but actually I put it through my own understanding and then I just, just decide to move out of that place. Do you need the Word of God to divide your soul and your spirit? Do you need and want Him to come and help you see the difference between the two? And do you need courage this morning? As I'm talking about those simple circumstances, you go, no way, I would never want to do that. Do you need courage and strength from him this morning? So if you can answer yes to any of those questions, please come and join me now at the front. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. We thank you that you are always here. We thank you that you are increasingly manifesting yourself among us. And we ask this morning that you would come, that you would increase your presence now. And that we would lift the veil as we worship you. So come Holy Spirit.